the latest aviation news. Welcome to CAA On Air. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next edition of CAA On Air, the podcast from the Civil Aviation Authority. I'm Jonathan Nicholson from the CAA Communications team, and we've got a GA topic today, general aviation topic for us, um, and that's threat and error management and how pilots can use that to their advantage. Um, pleased to say we're joined by Neil Wimbolt and Amy Breckel from our GA unit, both are keen GA pilots, and also from David Pratt from our communications team. And David, let's set the scene. So as, a, as an industry and across our own organisation, um, we use the term threat and error management quite a bit. Um, but I guess conscious that there's a mixed level of understanding, and it's probably fair to say that it's better known in some sectors than others. So we thought we'd make this session about how basically to explain what it actually is, to get a shared understanding around it, and to talk specifically about how pilots can use it to their advantage. So there's an old saying that a superior pilot uses his superior judgment to avoid situations that would require his superior skills. Um, or in my case, it's probably more like a, a very average pilot using very average judgment. Um, but you know, threat, threat and error management is is more is more formal than that, and there is a theoretical underpinning. Um, and it, and it's not just about the reapplication um, of a mantra. I think it was developed at the University of Texas in the late 1990s, um, and it's certainly something that has become uh, part of the sort of airline flight crew training syllabus, certainly in uh, within CRM. But it's, I think, um, equally applicable to a GA pilot. Um, I mean, the risks are obviously different, but... The consequences, like an accident, incident, or, or airspace infringement, are all undesirable, regardless of what machine you're flying. Yeah, so I agree with that. I think, in short, kind of taking it back to basics, TEM is just the practice of thinking ahead to predict, identify, and avoid errors and threats, and then also just be to be better prepared to manage them when they do occur. So if you have this understanding of what TEM is, it's going to enable you as a pilot to think and plan in advance for eventualities that can lead to an undesired aircraft state or an airspace infringement. And you can do this by spending time on the ground pre-flight to consider these factors and plan strategies, meaning that you're going to have a better awareness of like what kind of decisions you need to make, what um, additional information that you might need to take with you, and also what actions you can use to manage things that you know might go wrong in the air. So it sounds much more specific than you know just being prepared. Um, would it be helpful to talk a bit about some examples of what we mean by threats in this context? So a threat in very simple terms is, is an event or, or thing that occurs outside your control which requires your attention um, to be able to maintain safety. Uh, And threats can either be internal, such as a physiological or psychological state, or external, such as bad weather. Yeah, so I guess a threat is something that's generally going to increase the complexity of your flight. Um, And under the term, they can be categorised as like either anticipated, unanticipated, or latent. So you mentioned a latent threat. Um, can you explain a bit more about that? Uh, yeah, certainly. So a, a good example of a latent threat could be complacency. So latent threats are kind of things which are not directly 
obvious or observable. So they might be um, physiological or psychological states of the pilot. So some of the good examples are things like overconfidence, complacency, fatigue and stress. And, you know, these things might not always be like immediately obvious. Yeah. And, and, and something is, you know, that goes hand in hand with that, which is, um, I reckon, still pretty prevalent, certainly from some of the um, stats that we're seeing is uh, even though we've had a post-COVID lockdown, there's there's still, I think, quite a lot of skill fade and lack of recency. Um, And these are all threats that we we do need to manage. So those are all examples of threats, which is feeds into it. So next in the the kind of list is is errors. So uh, can we talk about those examples of, of errors that would fit into this? Yeah, sure. So Tem really recognises that we're all human and we're going to make errors. So an error is basically an action which is taken, which basically leads to a deviation from what you expected to happen. Um, And under TEM, they kind of fall into two broad categories. So you've got skill-based errors, which is just um, could be a slip of action. So you do one thing when you're really meant to do another or like a memory lapse. So you just simply forgot. Then you've also got mistakes, which can either be rule-based. So maybe you didn't follow your checklist correctly. Um, or like knowledge-based, so maybe you uh, you didn't put enough fuel on board um, because because of a headwind or something like that. Yeah, and I, I think the most important thing for errors is is timely detection. So just sort of being on your guard, really, um, and making sure that your response is appropriate, so that the error basically becomes inconsequential you know you sort of okay you've, you've made an error we're all human but uh, it's possible to just scort, you know scratch it up to experience um, by very quickly um, correcting that error some examples of errors that, that I can think of um, that I suspect are, are fairly common are uh, incorrect flap settings power settings using the wrong squawk incorrect altimeter settings missing radio calls misinterpretation of instructions from ATC so um, a good recent real world example that I want to give just you know from the, the privilege of working in the GAU that, I, that I'm aware of um, is an aircraft that tried to get airborne, airborne with its tow bar still attached um, so the pilot did his A check in the hangar pulled the aircraft out of the hangar with the tow bar got distracted jumped in and cracked on with his pre-start checks. And he managed to make it, would you believe it, all the way to taking off uh, and left the tow bar behind on the runway only for someone else to bump into um, when they tried taking off. So, you know, that sounds pretty horrendous. And, and, and you might think, how on earth could could that happen? Um, but these things do if we, you know, we're all human. If we get distracted, if we um, don't, you know, follow the checklists uh, in the right order. I mean, we might follow them, but we've got to follow them in the in the right order as well. So, you know, threats threats exist, and and, and errors um, we make, and yeah, th- they all need managing. Um, and you know, for me, I think a large part of that is something that can be done in pre-flight planning. So that's that's good. So we, yeah, as part of this, we're seeing we're 
we're acknowledging and understanding our threats and the errors that we make. But then presumably we then move on to, we've acknowledged those, we've recognised those, we've hopefully picked them up, but we need to either mitigate them from happening in the first place or or work out how we prevent them turning into a safety issue, which I guess is where the the management part comes in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, we're not we're not going to get away from the fact that these these threats exist um, and that we we can make errors. But certainly for me, and um, you know, I know Amy as well, and we've 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 chatted. You know, the, thinking ahead of your flight and doing some really thorough pre-flight planning is probably the the first place to start in trying to mitigate these things. So, I mean, it was it was drilled into me um, in the military the six P's. And for anyone who doesn't know the six P's, uh, it stands for prior preparation and planning prevents poor performance. Uh, some of you may know the seven P's, which is a version <laughs> I can't repeat on a podcast. Um, but but that says it all, really. You know, it's um, you know even if you're going for a quick thirty-minute local flight um, or a longer flight with a land away, um, I certainly methodically check NOTAMs, I check fuel, I check the weather, I check the state of the aircraft, weight and balance, uh, make sure I've got the right checklist um, because I'm fortunate that I belong to a club that has different aircraft types um, and it's no good turning up with a uh, Cessna 152 checklist if you're about to go flying in a PA-28. And then something I I also like to do, um, which may sound a a little... little, um, odd but uh, it really really does help me is I just try and visualize the different stages of the flight so I visualize taxiing taking off think about climbing turning en route and just by doing that it helps me stay more ahead of the aircraft if that makes sense um, and it, yeah it's really really useful and also am I safe to go flying as well what are my personal limitations if it's a 500 meter wet grass strip and a 20 knot crosswind um all right, the aircraft might be quite happy with that, but I might not be. So um, thinking about limitations as well and just really boxing clever as much as possible to to both sort of minimise those threats and and try and cut out as many of those errors occurring. And do you visualise, I mean, I've heard other pilots talk about this, actually visualising things, uh, events that, that are undesirable or when things go wrong, and then similarly visualizing all their different options as to, to what action they need to take is that something you do as do other pilots do it because a lot of it sounds about kind of slowing down and giving yourself a yeah, pause and i do it i i find it really helpful i sort of visualize if i was to have a an engine failure or a rough running engine um what i would do you know i think about the wind direction that day um literally which way i would turn because of the wind direction where whereabouts i am um the sort of fields that, that are there i mean obviously it helps you know it helps athletes and professional sports people and things like that but it is I, I find it useful in other areas of my life and actually just slowing down thinking ahead and visualizing for me when flying really does help you well helps me anyway able to respond more readily when things do start running away with you i don't know about you amy what what do well, you think yeah no, definitely. I think you know all the points that have been mentioned are all, all, all great things to do. I think some sort of specific examples from like my own personal experience is kind of things like I always think about how much fuel I need for my flight, um, 
And, you know, if I don't have enough fuel to get back, like I make sure that the destination I'm going to like has fuel or if fields on route have fuel. So I do that by sort of phoning the airfields and making sure they have fuel. Even if I've got it from there in the past, it doesn't mean that they necessarily have it or it's sort of working. Or maybe if I've never been to a place before, there's an instance where I went to a, a small private strip and, and kind of like Neil said about, you know, uh, the 500 meter west wet grass strip is that okay for you you know don't be scared to sort of test that out so yeah i phoned the airfield and um, beforehand i told them i was a bit unsure and i asked if i could just make an approach and go around first so i could have a feel exactly what it was going to be like to land here before i decided to do that um and then i guess also if i've never been to the airfield before if i haven't visited for a long time it's really useful to use things such as sky Deem and google maps to look at the terrain around you, any landmarks, and this can help you not only actually find the airfield when you get there, but also make sure that you're aware of any high ground or, you know, obstacles. And I guess I've mentioned a lot about like ringing an airfield beforehand. Um, and it's just good to probably ask the open question, is there anything I need to know when I'm flying in there? Um, for instance, I fly from Compton Abyss and when the wind is in a certain direction, there can be quite strong wind turbulence that comes from a certain direction. Um, so it can be useful if you have kind of these specific information before you um, take off so that you can know what to expect and you can really better prepare. And then guess the finally, another sort of specific thing, which is kind of more general, is I just like to think about what kind of area am I going to be flying in? Is it known to be like particularly busy? Um, what kind of activities um, happen around there that I'm aware of? Is it, is it known for gliders, parachutists? And this can really help me be aware of, kind of what kind of things I, I might want to look out for. In terms of pre-flight planning, you know, flying in places where maybe you don't usually fly or you're planning something more ambitious, how can TEM be used to, to help avoid infringements? I mean, we know there's been a lot of talk about this, so it'd be quite good to unpick that a little bit. And if, if there's any examples or thoughts about how pilots can adapt the TEM approach um, to try and manage uh, or try and avoid infringing. Yeah, um, definitely. So I guess, as we've been saying, TEMIS is all about kind of your pre-flight and like planning on the ground. So before your flight, if you check your NOTAMs and you take time to make sure you understand what each NOTAM is telling you and you think about what kind of risks is that NOTAM like going to present to you and then thinking about how you can best manage those risks and um, and I think if you're not sure what the NOTAM is telling you, um, you can contact the sponsor. Um, many NOTAMs come with a telephone number that you can call to get more information. Um, and I know that Nats also offer a free facility um, for NOTAM briefings on their website. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm I'm absolutely methodical with, with NOTAM checking. Again, I think it was just something that was sort of beaten into me in the military really before going flying every time you know you check NOTAMs but NOTAMs can sometimes be a little bit unmanageable I think we've probably all um, checked NOTAMs and we've got for the entire flight information region every single NOTAM so you might just be doing a you know a 40 mile cross-country trip down in the southeast of England but you've got NOTAMs for a I don't know a hot air balloon display in Birmingham or something and it it can start feeling a little bit overwhelming so something that i i've started doing is doing a narrow route brief so just looking um specifically either side of my track 
uh, and looking at the NOTAMs in that particular area. And you can certainly do that on SkyDemon. Uh, and I believe you can do that on the, um, the, the website as well for NATS. Um, and it just, it, you know, it just gives you a narrow route brief. It just gives you those, those NOTAMs that are more uh, specific to you and the route that you're taking. And I think it can also help to try and think three-dimensionally as well, paying attention to airspace structures and the boundaries, planning climbing and descent points um, will probably help reduce the probability of vertical infringements as well. And I think another thing that can be really useful actually when you're flying is to, is to fly with a moving map. And this can really help increase your like situational awareness and you'll also get some like timely timely airspace updates. Yeah, and, and call me a cheat, but planning a route um, that is going to be at least two nautical miles laterally or 200 feet vertically clear of the edge or base of controlled airspace um, is a bit of a no-brainer for me. I mean, if I can avoid it as much as possible. Um, I mean, you know, if you do need to call for a crossing, obviously... I always try and plan well ahead. Um, I still use an e-board with a bit of paper and a pen and a highlighter. And I just make sure on my plug that if I've got some airspace that I know that I'm approaching, that I can't avoid on my on my plan, that I will call up in plenty of time. And I sort of highlight that with, you know, bright yellow so I can't miss it on my e-board. Um, but obviously Sky Demon can, can give you those warnings as well. Uh, on your plan but the, the key one for me is just you know two nautical miles laterally or 200 feet vertically um, clear of the edge or base of controlled airspace and you you can't go too far wrong and i guess um another really good point um is that you can carry out a thorough meteorological self-brief to ensure that you you have the complete weather forecast um picture for the whole of your intended routes and you understand like any alternatives um as well as like areas of turbulence and thermal activity um, and something i used um to check this is the metforms 214 and 215 um, and i use these as part of my pre-flight briefing that's great. I think probably at this point we should say, obviously, Sky Demon's very popular, but other systems are available. I think that's what Absolutely. you're supposed to, supposed to <laughs> yeah. say as well. Definitely. And, and, <laughs> and threat, threat, threat management, make sure your batteries are charged. <laughs> exactly. And your software is up to date and yes, any, anything exactly. else that uh, goes along with, uh, you know, those devices and anything like that. Um, so that's really good. Thank you. That That's really good uh, thoughts and advice. Um, and anything else that you want to add in uh, that we haven't spoken about? And presumably also, this is something that pilots could talk to other pilots about, share their thoughts, um, speak to instructors about, and generally yeah. something that, you know, you, you can talk about with peers and, and get their input into as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's something that we are really, really keen on in the general aviation unit um it's something I, i'm personally passionate about and that is that is sharing some people might say oversharing sometimes um but you know sharing and, and educating each other within the aviation community um is is so critical and, and, and i i don't think there'd be any instructor um who wouldn't be pleased if you approach them and want to discuss um tem techniques with them or you know, just techniques on, on how to think ahead of the aircraft, how to do more thorough pre-flight briefing, how to think more 
um, sort of proactively and and um, how to manage emergencies and things like that. You know, this is this is what instructors are, are, are paid to do, and and I've yet to find a pilot who doesn't like you know like talking a lot. Um, so. <laughs> You know, it's it, it, it's always a good idea to to share um, and discuss these things, and even on those for me anyway. Even on those, you know, when you nip to the airfield, you've got that thirty minute keep the currency ticking over local flight, um, which we've we've all had to do at one stage or another. Um, I always try and use that time to reflect um, on what I'm doing. And obviously reflect after I've done it to think if there's anything I could do better next time. Um, try and get a couple of circuits in if, if, if you're able to. Um, and, and just stay on top of your, your skill and expertise. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it's probably helpful to think of TEM as it's not something new. It's something that you've been doing and you, you, you use TEM for probably almost any decision you make without even realising it. But just through formalizing the process and being aware that you're actually doing it can help improve your time assessments and therefore improve your management of like when things go wrong when flying. Um, and there's a few things that probably can help you bolster your TEM thinking. Um, as kind of Neil sort of touched on is debriefing on situations, you know, think about what went well, um, what if anything could I have done differently to like improve the outcome. We've talked a lot about using checklists in the right order. There's different tools. Um, you could do things like I find it helpful to say briefings out loud to myself and passengers, for instance, before I depart, saying out loud what response I'd take if there was an engine failure on takeoff and just not to be complacent or in a rush when flying um, just trying to remain like situationally aware both in terms of what's going on outside the cockpit um, but also like what your aircraft is telling you like from the instruments and the and the sounds and the smells and then uh, finally for me I just want to say um, the most important thing is to have fun flying. Yes yeah we mustn't, mustn't forget that and uh, and if all else fails just remember to to break ground and head into the wind rather than break wind and head into the ground. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a wise old instructor wants to there, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I think on that point, I think, uh, thank you both for, for that. That was really interesting. I, I learned a lot from that. Um, and I think there's all, we should say, there's a lot of other resources out there for people as well. So on our website, uh, caa.co.uk, um, and if you do forward slash CAP737, that is the flight crew human factors handbook which has some really good advice we always say to people look at the skyway code on our website which has everything you wanted to know in in the best presented form and wording that you can you could hope for and for anything around infringements uh, airspacesafety.com has huge amounts of information as well so go and check out all those resources I was just going to say on on airspacesafety.com, there's a link on the homepage actually to a to a, a card on threat and error management to help avoid infringements that the working group put together. Yeah, thank you. And that's quite new. So if you haven't seen that, go to the ASI website and, and check that out. Um, uh, thank you for everybody. Thank you to Neil and Amy. Thank you to David. Um, any 
topics you would like us to cover in the podcast, then drop us an email, caaonair at caa.co.uk. Thank you very much for listening and see you next time. Thanks for listening. This is CAA On Air.